We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Knicks in this road trip 0-3. That's a tough day. Missing two key players who traded Toronto, but the Knicks will have some impressive talent coming their way. And hopefully be ready for the game Monday as the Toppin brothers embrace Halliburton and DiVincenzo both with spectacular performances. All right. So the Knicks lose by a final of 140 to 126 to the Indiana Pacers. But on the bright side, at least we don't have to argue about Emmanuel Cookie's minutes tonight. So there's that. Um this is obviously a uh, interesting game to talk about, uh, both in light of the fact that the Knicks made a monumental trade today and the fact that they did not have certain players um, going tonight that are included in that trade, not to mention Quentin Grimes, who's out with an illness. Um, so three rotation players essentially not available. So it's kind of tough to parse that out from talking about the game itself. And then when you combine the fact that they were shorthanded with the fact that um, they were playing on the second night of a back-to-back against not only the highest scoring team in the league, but the fastest team in the league, obviously not an ideal combination. Um, If we're focusing on the game itself, I think the story of the game can pretty simply be boiled down to the fact that the Pacers, um, as has happened with a few Nick opponents throughout this year, um, did not miss. Uh, a three-pointer, or at least it seemed like that for the majority of this game, especially in the second half as they were trying to hang in this thing in the third quarter and then into the fourth quarter. Pacers end of the night shooting 23 of 42 from three for a clip of 55%. Um, Nick shot great from three. Most of that was Dante DiVincenzo. We'll get back to him in a second, but it was just an absolute avalanche. Whether you want to place the blame of... 70% 70% the Pacers just had an absurd shooting night and uh, 30% the Knicks were absolutely not able to stay in rotations uh, versus 70% the Knicks weren't able to make the rotations and 30% the the, heat, the Pacers were just on fire. You know, that's up to you. Um, I am going to try to zoom out and focus on the bigger picture here which I think has everything to do with the trade that they made today, which is that this team um, has become easy to score against, Um, far too easy to score against. And I think even without the players that they were missing tonight, 
you know, because really the game started to get away from them in the beginning of the third quarter and into the middle of the third quarter when they had the lineup out there of um, Hart, DiVincenzo, uh, Brunson, Randall, and Hardenstein. So uh, will OG Ananobi help that uh, as he takes the place of Hart in that starting five? He'll help. How much can he help? Will he be able to help enough? Um, I think that remains to be seen in the short term. But so, yeah, but this team can't stop anybody right now. And they're just making life really easy. All that being said, you never, ever, ever. And I've said, I know I've said this a few times this year. You can never, ever expect a team to shoot 55% from downtown in a game. Um, but I also thought, and I've had this fear for a while now, ever since Indiana started the season and, and made it very clear that they were a very serious team to be reckoned with. Um, this is not a good matchup for the Knicks uh, because I do not want the Knicks in any sort of a track meet. And the only way you're going to beat this Indiana team is beat them at their track meet. Uh, some teams can slow them down. The Knicks are not one of them. And Tyrese Halliburton absolutely pantsed the, everybody else on the floor tonight. His ability and his passing. And then, one, and then obviously, you know, it goes without saying that passing is contagious. So when he's flinging the ball around, I mean, the Pacers had 40 assists tonight. Think about that. I know he had 22 of them, but they had 40 total assists. So that means 18 players besides Tyrese Halliburton had an assist tonight. Think about that. Um, and it just goes to show that this is a Nick team that once you get them in rotation, um, you're probably going to be able to find a seam and they need to figure out a way to fix that. Again, Ananobi will help. Not having Mitchell Robinson for us the year is still going to be a massive hurdle to overcome. We'll see what other trade or trades they make before the deadline. Um, I think it's safe to say something else is coming. What that is, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the value of passing. It's the value of passing, and, and Halliburton is uh, absolutely a superstar for that reason. Um, so kudos to him on the flip side. I didn't think Jalen Brunson or Julius Randall, either of them had particularly strong games. I mean, I know the stats are good. Brunson had 28 on 22 shots. Actually, they both had 28 on 22 shots. They had identical stat lines. Um, Brunson hit some more threes. Randall did more of his work on the inside. Both guys missed too many free throws. Randall missed four from the line. Brunson missed uh, three from the line. The Knicks as a team missed eight from the line. So seven from those guys. That's obviously very annoying. I thought Randall and Benji pointed this out on Twitter. Randall kind of making this personal against Obi Toppin um, contributed a little bit to the stagnation of the offense there in the third quarter. That being said, the Knicks scored 126 points tonight, so I'm not sure I really want to kill them that much for anything on the offensive end. Um, and Brunson, you know, I mean, look, I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, you know, Brunson is an all-star. I think he's absolutely going to be in conversation for all NBA. Um, he's not Halliburton and Halliburton's impact on a game at large is something Brunson is not at that level yet. Can he get there? Can he continue to improve as a passer? And more importantly, will it be incumbent upon the Knicks to continue to surround him with pieces that amplify his skill set? Absolutely. I'm not going to hold tonight against Jalen Brunson one iota. Because they are, again, second night of a back-to-back. They don't have all their guys, the whole thing. Um, but, like, look, it's okay to call a spade a spade. If Brunson is a top 15 to 20 NBA player, I think it's fair to call Tyrese Halliburton a top 10 
you know, NBA player at the very least. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. But like, you know, you saw it tonight. Um, and that's the difference. I, I trust that Brunson will uh, find a way to respond uh, when these teams play again, I think, in about a month. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about any of the other players. I mean, you know, McBride, Fournier, both got minutes. I, I don't know that there's much to say about those. I I got to tell you, I'd be mildly surprised. Well, I think Flynn's going to get a real chance to beat out McBride for the backup point guard spot um, because that offensive unit, the backup offensive unit, now that obviously they don't have quickly, it's going to need a jolt. And I'm not saying Flynn is in the same stratosphere as Manuel quickly. He's not. Um, but he's more of an offensive minded player than Deuce. And I, I, I tend to think that that backup unit now will be more in need of an offense first player as opposed to a defense first player. Not that Flynn's been shooting it great this year. Oh, is, I think, hovering around 40% from the corners. Um, so that remains to be seen. Um, Hart, I think, I think he pulled down 10 rebounds. Okay. That's nice. Um, Hardenstein had kind of a nondescript game. It was a nondescript game all around. No, nobody on the Knicks played really great. But again, uh, with the exception of DiVincenzo, who I'm saving to last. Um, but you kind of expect it uh, after everything that's happened. I'm sure the emotional toll that took and the fact that, again, they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Okay, save the best for last. Dante DiVincenzo, I'm going to just read the whole stat line. 38 points. On 21 shots, 7-11 from three. Um, missed an easy one there at the end. Otherwise, we've gotten 40. That's a shame. Would have been cool. Six rebounds, a couple assists, four steals. Um, he was better than anybody else on the floor for the Knicks, certainly. And I think it just... I, I'm ending with this not only to praise DiVincenzo, who... Look, I, I, I've definitely... Definitely said, you know, said some things over the last uh, couple of days before this trade over the whole quickly minutes thing that I know have rubbed some people the wrong way. And certainly after the trade today, uh, said some things that rubbed some people the wrong way. Part of the reason I do that is because I think you need to look. I look at the situation a little bit more objectively. And that is not to say that DiVincenzo was a better player than Manu quickly. He's not, but the entire, the entire conversation this season has just centered so steadily around. Can we get quickly more minutes? Can we get quickly more minutes? Can we get quickly more minutes? Manu quickly today as he's traded is, was averaging four or three or four more minutes per game than not that DiVincenzo. And I don't know how many more minutes per game than Quentin Grimes, who hasn't been as good as either of those guys, but still. Like, the Knicks have a glut of guards. It is incumbent upon us as observers to focus on this as an overall issue. And yet it became an Emmanuel Quickly issue. Not that DiVincenzo hasn't been getting nearly enough minutes either. And nobody says boo about that, which I always, I, I, I've been finding a little perturbing. Uh, is, I don't know if that's a word. Um, annoying. That's a word. I know that's a word. So um, I'm happy he got a chance to shine tonight, and I think he's absolutely going to shine for this team in a bigger role because he's going to get more minutes now um, moving forward because he deserves them. Um, he's been awesome, and it's one of the reasons I think the Knicks are going to be able to withstand 
the loss of Quick and uh, strive forward even uh, without a guy who has been uh, instrumental to winning games for them for uh, the last several years. So that is all I wanted to say about that. Um, apologize for the not normal digs. As I said earlier on the live stream, celebrating a belated Christmas with my in-laws this, this uh, for new year's essentially. So uh, hold up in the, uh, the attic over here as it were, but happy to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about tonight. Obviously the trade happened. Uh, we talked about that a lot on the live stream earlier today, but if you guys have any, Lingering thoughts about the trade. Happy to address them. Happy to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So let's get to it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. How are you? You don't think we don't still have sponsors tonight, do you? Oh, I, I, you know, again, you have, I'm, John? I'm so out of sorts. It's okay. Beyond out of sorts. I got us covered with AG1. Great. We're going to have awesome. a fun drinking game. The last show of 2023. Uh, I hope you all are getting yourselves ready as John is for the new year. Uh, wherever you're going to be spending your New Year's, on behalf of KFS, Happy New Year, and we hope you celebrate appropriately on Sunday night. First and foremost, we have to give a thank you and a shout out to one of our sponsors, AG1, for uh, 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 being with us for today's uh, post-game live stream, potentially also a post-trade live stream. Uh, if you would Whatever. like to... Take advantage of AG1, try AG1, uh, and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D through K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash film school, uh, and you'll be set up right up with, with some guys, some people that have taken very good care of us. And you might need some if you're still feeling it after today, uh, if your favorite player got traded. So uh, the drinking game today, just from, just from hovering over the Super Chats, John, anybody that talks about the game, <laughs> well, 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 okay. <laughs> if anybody mentions the game, uh, we will drink to AG1. How's that? Uh, That's fine. Uh, I feel bad I don't have my supply of AG1, so you'll have to drink for both of us. I'll jump up anytime someone mentions the Knicks game against the Pacers and we'll, yeah. we'll drink to AG1. Shout out to them for their sponsorship this episode. And of course, shout out to our good friends over at Prize Picks. We will do our betting and sweating segment in just a second and review how the fellas did tonight. If you would like to go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100, you could take advantage of daily fantasy sports made easy. If you would, I mean, football, one of the last uh, Sundays that you could take advantage of football props, you uh -huh. can. 
uh, on Sunday. Bunch of there's a Cowboys Lions game going on tonight. Big night for the city of Detroit, who broke their 28 game losing streak. Congrats, congrats against to them. the Toronto Raptors. That's the biggest news in Toronto, I assume, over the last 12 hours. Uh, so you want if you wanted to put some props on the Raptors tonight or on the the Pistons tonight, and you wanted to combine them with uh, some props over in Detroit, or if you wanted to take some Knicks props, you could do so with the fine folks over at Pri- Prize Picks. Again, use code KFS or go to prizepickscom KFS for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, it's daily daily fantasy sports made easy. So, Jonathan. Oh, I forgot to keep... I, I forgot I deleted myself from the screen. I'm going to add myself back. I, I can do this. I, I, I can do this part. Okay, so then you go as ahead I, and do it, Jonathan. As I stare at the screen like an old man um, yeah, that, you that I am. In. <laughs> You're good. So we have uh, over... This is for GMAC. Over Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, my God. This was a joke. How did they make this line so low? Over 37.5 points and assists. He almost got that many assists by himself. Good job, mm-hmm. GMAC, getting the over on Tyrese Halliburton there. Um, Sean with a W went over... Julius Randle points and rebounds. That was a 39 and a half number. Good job by him. 28 points and 12 rebounds. Just, just by the skin of his teeth, beat it. Um, so there were two for two. XJ, who I know is very upset today um, with Emmanuel quickly heading to Toronto. Uh, he took Jalen Brunson over 29 and a half points. Unfortunately, Brunson was a little gassed from um, going against the Magic last night and now tonight in a track meet. So he did not. He just fell short 28 points. So close, but no cigar. And then with the easiest money of the year, frankly, Mm -hmm. uh, Mensa, um, over 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, Dante DiVincenzo. So he cleared that by. It's a 46. He, he more than he, no, he more than doubled it because it was uh, 46. So 21 and a half. Yeah. I'd say that was an over. Well done. Mensa. We are one away from a perfect four for four outside of last night against the magic. We've been hitting on, on three or four consistently. Um, So uh, shout out to the KFS uh, betting and sweating crew. We will continue this into 2023 as well. One final time, go to prizepicks.com slash. KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. That's prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, and with that, Jonathan, for the final time in 2023, let's get to this. This is the last, this is the last time I would be in front of a, or not in front of a mic, but talking at a TV, a, a laptop screen in this year. Yes. In this year. Oh shit. Yes. That's um unless that's, you, uh, unless they trade for DeJounte Murray tomorrow night, in which in that case, you may also need to put out uh, an alert that there is an angry podcast producer attacking Madison Square Garden because he continues to the Knicks continue to just not care about any plans I've made with my life or my family. This is a thing that I know Jonathan can also relate to. So I'm just going I'm, to beg the New York Knicks to not yeah. even if it's extending Ananobi, we're not going live tomorrow. Enjoy they're, they're your families. Gonna. We'll release something on Monday after they play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Where I, I have a pod tomorrow morning with Esparahini where we're gonna get the Toronto side of things, then leave me alone. I love all of you. Let's get to Amen to that. All right, here we go. And I know who we're starting off with. I was a little hard on him earlier. Oh, wait, no. It's a different one. 
Um, oh, wait, here we go. That was a little hard on, on him earlier today. I got to make up for it. Um, Robert Cross, sitting this one out tonight. Much thanks for KFS for three plus hour emergency live stream earlier today. Sitting one out, man, Robert. I, you know, I give you a lot of crap for being exactly what a fan is supposed to be. And that is someone that bleeds, you know, the colors of your, your team's uniform, but specifically like falls in love with the players that the team drafts and um, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what you do. So I totally get that today was uh, an emotional one for you. Uh, just as it was an emotional one for a lot of fans, totally understand that. And uh, I wouldn't blame anyone for, for, uh, you know, sitting, sitting this one out. Thanks, Rob. Daniel Carlisto. What's going on, Daniel? I think we see why Toppin never got more minutes. Tips probably watch Randall beat the dog, dog shit out of him in, uh, in the post every practice. Listen, Toppin. Oh, yeah. There we go. Talked about the actual game. Um, I'll drink my water for the AG1 uh, sponsorship. Shout out AG1. Shout out AG1. Look, I think Rand, like Toppin, again, we said it at the time of the trade, and we can say it now. I know he's been moved to the bench. I know he could get bullied. I know he still has his issues on defense. Played a really nice game. He fits pretty perfectly in this Pacer ecosystem, even if it is only in 15 minutes a game, which I think ultimately part of the reason why I never got even remotely bent out of shape about top and going to another team. I always viewed him as a guy that on a really good team is going to be a 15 minute a night sort of guy. But you know what? 15 minutes a game doesn't sound like a lot. You could do a lot of damage and you can help your team out a lot in 15 minutes in two, eight minute stints or, you know, whatever it is. And he helped them tonight. And maybe the biggest reason he helped them, honestly, is he made it personal for Randall. And Randall, like, really went after him. And I thought that benefited the Knicks more in the first half. And then the Knicks ran out of gas, and it, it more benefited the Pacers in the second half. So, yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Mythic Monty, what's going on, Mythic? Drop coverage does not work with these personnel. I hope OG can help fix the defense because yeesh. Um, so, I think drop coverage... Look, on a night when a team shoots, what do they shoot? 54% from deep or 56% from deep, whatever the hell it was. Like, drop coverage is going to look horrible, right? It's going to look horrible. I think the key with, with drop is you have to, is your screen navigation. It's your screen navigation. And I thought tonight the bigger issue was the closeouts. I think the Knicks, their, if I, their biggest bugaboo for me for a while now, this iteration of the team at least, is when they get sloppy on defense, the first thing that goes is their closeouts. When they make good, tight closeouts, um, I think it changes everything about their defense because that like it, that prevents the the easy dribble drive. And like to me, that's the bigger issue than the drop coverage. The drop coverage I think can work if you make them feel you after the initial screen. If so, if, if if the screen is going to just take the defender completely out of the play and then you're doing drop and that guy has nobody in his airspace, like guys are going to hit those threes. I think that happens too often here. Um, will OG help that? Yeah, OG will help that. And it'll help it in a lot of ways because it'll slot everybody into their proper position. You know, Um they don't have a number one defender on this team. They didn't have a number one defender before they made this trade. He will be their number one defender. I think 
the potential of getting Grimes back going is important because he's still their best point of attack defender. He's kind of like, you know, in and out of, of them, of their, you know, in terms of uh, playing big minutes. Or is there another trade in the works for someone else that can play bigger minutes and potentially be a stronger point of attack defender, specifically against guards? Um it's no secret who I'm referencing. For as much as I don't, I don't love the idea of a Murray trade. I do think it has its merits, um, depending on what they give up. Anyway, so fair comment though. Fair comment. We got. I don't know if it's breaking news, but something from Woj: uh, the Knicks five point two million dollars and the Raptors four point three million dollars created trade exceptions today with the deal. So this is now the Knicks' third exception on the books. Yes. Um, they have the eight. What is it? Eight point what? Eight seven point eight? Eight seven point eight. Seven point eight for Mitch, six point oh, or Mitch, six point eight. Six point eight for Obi, and now five point two for this trade. I mean, the notion that they're gonna use one of these trade exceptions, let alone all three of these trade exceptions. Remember, trade exceptions cannot be combined. So it's not like you can combine these three trade exceptions and go go get yourself a uh, a twenty million dollar a year player. That's not how it works. So I you know I don't think we need to stop this live stream and do an emergency trade exception I live stream. I will fight all of you. Um to the unknowing Knicks fan potentially myself included. Um, do these exceptions ever expire? Yeah, they expire, I believe, in a year. In a year. Um, from the moment they're, they're granted, right? So the Obi one they would have to use from the I think year so, yeah. from the from a year from the okay. So yeah, from the so the Obi one expires in, in the summer. I'm fairly certain this one will now expire, you know, in a year from now. So I, from that perspective, that's it's it's nice to know. Because again, the Obi one's not going to last this long. Okay. Uh, Jesse M. At a certain point, the opponent's hot shooting is no longer luck. It's eye-opening that percentages opponents are shooting from us versus three for the entire season. Well, I mean, we can look it up. Um, I, I, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. Oh yes, shout out AG one. Shout out AG one. Um, yeah, the Knicks' three-point defense is not good, and some of that is by design. I mean, I you know, Fred has talked about this a, a good deal. Um, they are always going to help off the corners and they are always going to try to hustle back to get out on the, on the corner three point shooters. And it's risky, you know, it's risky. And the thing that ties it all together, the thing that tied it all together, because he's not here anymore was Mitch. And without Mitch, it really like they went all in on a certain scheme with the thinking that they had an elite defensive center to, to, to make it all work without him, it remains to be seen. Can they be even a league average defense? I think the question will be once they get OG Ananobi, can they approach, can they get back to being at the very least a league average defense? So literally just talking about top 15, that's fine for this year. At least that's fine. If they're a top 15 defense, they should be able to stay a top 10 offense. You're, like you're good. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. As far as percentage, um, opponents' percentage of three-point shooting this year. This is before this game. The Knicks actually rank right in the middle of the pack. They are 13th out of 30 teams. So figure after tonight, that'll obviously go up. 
So let's put them at 15th or 16th. They're league average. They're league average. That's, you know, I know nights like this, it seems really bad, but there are nights that like their scheme actually works. That's, that's inherent in the scheme. And he always does this is Thibodeau playing the odds. Thibodeau is going to play the odds that like more often than not, the guys that they help off of are going to miss enough to make the gamble worth it. Tonight, the gamble did not work. But the reason you go for the gambit is because there is no way, there is no foolproof defense in the NBA today. So when you want to criticize drop coverage or when you want to criticize whatever it is they're doing or not doing, you always have to ask yourself, well, what's the alternative? And not only what's the alternative, what's the alternative with their present personnel, which is not good defensively, which is part of the reason they made this trade today. So there you go. Thanks, Jesse. Danny Gardner. What's going on, Danny? The trade should be for Lori. Brunson, OG, Lori, Randall, Hardenstein would feed families. Man, I, I don't, mm, man, that is, that's a lot of size, man. Got OG and OB playing the two and Lori Marketing playing the three. I don't, that's also for me, I don't know if I see it, man. I, I don't know if I see the synergy. I mean, I love Lori is like, I mean, I love Lori Marketing. Lori Marketing is awesome. I don't know if I see that lineup working. Um, and just in terms of like what your what your usual defensive matchups, because like most teams in the league have a really talented guard and a really talented wing. So that means OG, you could stick on one of those guys. Let's say OG's best suited to to you put on the wing. Well, what if a team also has a really talented guard? How are you guard how are you how are you confronting that? I, I don't I don't know. I think that's tough. I'm not saying it's crazy, but I don't, I don't know, especially given the cost of what marketing would cost. Just my two cents on it. I'm glad you focused on the defensive side of the ball because OG Ananobi would be running around ragged in that starting five with Lori Marketing. Offensively, it would have a chance to be very special and win a lot of regular season games. We are past the point of great offenses. To, the Knicks have a really great offense that's going to win a lot of regular season games. Their offense is, is awesome. Yeah. Yes. But it, it listen. It doesn't mean there aren't certain trades where you want to go all in on offense. Again, this has been perhaps the overriding theme of the league in recent years. I mean, you look at the amount of teams, the Pacers being one of them, who are making the bet. We would rather be instead of the traditional goal of trying to be top ten in both. Let's try to be. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's try to be the best. <laughs> Let's try to be the best offense in the league. God bless you. And thank you. And be an average defense. You know. Um, so it's not. It's not crazy from that perspective, I guess. Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? How are you, my friend? Yeah, I hope people are not freaking out about this shorthanded on a back to back. Shout out, AG one. Also, want to acknowledge that this is probably the last serious minutes Taj gets. Yeah, I mean, they said Sims was active tonight. Thought it was interesting that he didn't play. I have to think they're going to give Sims a shot when he is really good to go. If so, we pour one out for Taj. We love Taj here. Thanks, Kev. Josh, so focus. What's going on, Josh? Replace Fournier and Deuce minutes with OG, and it looks fine. Um, yeah, I mean, look. I think the rotation is going to be interesting. I think people better prepare themselves for Deuce potentially not being a part of this thing. Um, so for right now, 
you figure OG Ananobi slots into the RJ role um, for a couple reasons. One, it's how they've done it all year. Um, but the other part of it is if the rest of your backup rotation is even pick one, pick one of Flynn or Deuce. It honestly doesn't really matter. But one of those guys, um, plus Grimes, plus Hart, and then your center. Well, it's not going to be Randall, right? It's not going to be Randall moving into the RJ role because the whole one of the whole perks of getting OG Ananobi and part of the reason I love this trade is because you now have your backup power forward. It, it slots everybody up to where they need to be. So OG starts at the three, plays your backup four, slots hard up to his normal position at the three. And so that works. If you have Randall in the old um, RJ role, actually, no, sorry, I misspoke because if you have Randall in the old RJ role, well, okay, I'm, t- I'm talking this out. Stay with me here. If you have Randall in the old RJ role, you could do that. Then OG Ananobi is just your power forward with your starting group for longer. So Randall comes out of the game at the six or seven minute mark. And then you run with OG and Hart and Brunson and whatever, DiVincenzo, and when he goes out of the game, crimes to end the first quarter, and then Randall comes back in for OG Ananobi, and then eventually you go get back to your your normal starting five. I actually hadn't considered that. That's interesting. The, the one thing I think we could probably rule out is Brunson going into the RJ Minute role, which, again, is the three stints per half, because then you have a backup unit with Brunson and either Flynn or deuce and then grunt that's really small that's your traditional three guard and like two straight point guard lineups i don't think he's going to do that because we know what tibbs values that said without quickly on on the team and without brunson on the floor I think there's a legitimate fear about this team going through stretches of having some difficulty offensively, which actually makes me wonder if he will toy with the idea of moving Randall into the RJ minutes role, because I think he would rely on Randall more as an offensive hub than Ananobi. And, you know, so Flynn Grimes, Hart, Randall, you know, Sims or Achua, Achua. Um, that's interesting because Achua could space the floor a little bit. So you give Randall some more room to work on the inside. I don't know. I- I'm going to have to think about that one some more. I'll be very curious to see what he does. I think there's a couple different ways he can go. So we'll see. Uh, ja, also no Quentin tonight was key. Let's move on. Shout out to someone talking about the game and to AG1. Okay. Thanks, Ja. This is the best, best one about the game tonight. <laughs> RJ played terrible tonight. It's all his fault. Send him to the moon. Shout out to you, Busy. I like you keeping it light. I gotta say, yeah. For everybody that's been cl- complaining about RJ's minutes, he played zero tonight. So you can't get mad at Tibbs. He finally listened. He played RJ no minutes against the Pacers tonight. Zero. The big O. Although <laughs> I'm looking at the box score now. He also didn't play quickly enough. Just my objective, I know you don't, I know you would rather talk about DiVincenzo, how many minutes he played, but I personally don't think he played quickly enough minutes tonight. 
<laughs> Keep clutching your pearls. Mm. How dare he? That head coach of yours. <laughs> Sam L. What's going on, Sam? As much as it hurt to see Quick go, I'm so excited not to have to watch RJ and Julius play together anymore. Four plus years together, and they had zero on-court chemistry. Remember all the two-man actions with Bullock and Randall? Never with RJ. Um, I ran... I actually went and ran the numbers from all four years before this season um, of uh, Randall and RJ together on the court um, at the same time. And uh, I forget what they were exactly, but like, and the reason I did it is because those two guys had played more minutes together as Nick teammates than any pair of Nick teammates since I think it was Alan Houston and Kurt Thomas. No pair of Nick teammates has played more consistently together, more minutes together than RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. And their, their minutes together were not only were they negative, like I think by over a hundred points or something, or they were negative by it didn't matter how much it was, but it was they were negative. There was no signs of progress, like if you track it through the years. And I, I just found that to be um Obviously, very interesting. And now I'm looking it up now. I've been filibustering for long enough. Yes, here we go. So this year, together on the court, um, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle played 515 minutes. And the team, the team was outscored by 11 points in those 515 minutes. You know? And it's just like... And it's crazy because you look at Randall and Brunson who a lot of Randall Brunson's minutes are on the court with RJ, those two together um, in 1,020 minutes are plus 54. So you figure, well, how is it that Randall and, and, and RJ are, are such a negative? And then just to, to close the loop on it, uh, Brunson and Barrett minus 24. So it is so apparent and so obvious that these two best Nick players on the team were not made better and in fact were arguably made worse in terms of team impact by the presence of RJ Barrett on the floor. And that's why like the dirty little secret of today's trade is they unloaded RJ Barrett and they actually got value for him, you know? And that's not something I think like everybody analyzing this trade from an unbiased perspective is looking at it more of like, all right, well, you know, do we like RJ for Toronto? Do we not like RJ for Toronto? Was it worth it taking the chance? This and the other thing. Like it feels crazy to say, but just the act of getting RJ off the Knicks could turn out to be a real positive, you know. Um, and I say that not facetiously, not as a dig to any any hive, not as a way to get under anybody's skin. I mean that, and you could say I'm an idiot for saying it, but I mean it. So there you go. One jump in. Yeah. So you were driving out the Riverhead while Jeremy and I were still still reacting, and this is the exact point that both of us made that. What? Sorry, was, I, I missed that. No, I'm just I'm adding. I'm we're, like I'm, we're you're not an idiot or attacking a hive. This is a well, coherent. Then, but if point I am, you are, and Jeremy is as well. So I'm a good. Okay, company. maybe we're all just idiots that are attacking a hive. The point that we're emphasizing here is that um, the uh, oh, hold on, uh, Woj apparently did something. Found a star. Miles McBride just got an extension. Huh. 
Oh. All right, let's let's uh, we're going to cut this live stream. Emergency short. live stream. <laughs> Emergency live stream on the Miles McBride extension for the Knicks. Um, I will fight all of you. <laughs> is that accurate? Is that for real? Yeah, New York Knicks guard Miles McBride is agreed to a three-year, thirteen-million-dollar contract extension. Listen, we're giving credit where credit is due. Um, I, sorry, I'm interrupting the live stream to send a tweet. My apologies. Good, I need to good. give. I need to give all the credit in the world to one man, and that is Jeremy Cohen, because Jeremy Cohen called the fucking number on the dot uh, over the summer. And man, good job by him. Um, it's a smart, it's a smart little bit of business, you know. And obviously, shows that they have uh, belief in McBride, and or it shows that uh, they need another little bit of salary to potentially put in a trade. <laughs> This summer, <laughs> so but it, but it, I'd say this: it does take McBride off the table now because by signing this extension, he's not he's not tradable for six months. So when, so what was the deal that he mentioned for Dejounte Murray that it could be? Uh, I mean, Grimes, Fournier, the um, the Bucks pick and the Pistons pick. Okay, so th- there it is, Dejounte Murray. Plus whom plus McBride is some decent salary and all the picks. Okay. We we have reacted to the Miles McBride for, extension. For what it's worth, like McBride has had his offensive struggles, and I do not trust that they will be able to rely on him this year as long as he continues to have those struggles. Um I still think they will really like him, you know, because he's he, I think he's he espouses all the things that this version of the Knicks hope to be. So um, and you know what? It, it, I'm kind of happy. He's a young player that actually gets to stick around for a while. So that's cool. I co-sign. Good stuff. Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Cheers to you. Cheers to AG1. I'll be brief tonight. Famous last words. The Pacers are who you thought they were. Seriously, we were just out, man, on a back-to-back and bushwhacked by 55% three-point shooting. The fight was strong, and if we get everyone back, we'll win next game. Now, wifey time. Um, I am... Uh, if I could speak frankly, I hate this fucking Pacer team. I hate the look on Tyrese Halliburton's face. Um, I praise him uh, as a way to mask my hatred for him. He, I, I, with all due respect to who the hell did we play the other night? Uh, Mo Wagner. With all due respect to Grayson Allen, I think Tyrese Halliburton has one of the most punchable faces in the league, and it pains me so much that the Pacers got another guy after having Reggie Miller that has a chance to be someone that is going to make me feel so much fucking agony over the next 10 years of my life. Cause he ain't going anywhere. Um, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate them. I hate him. I just hate it all. And they're going to be good, man. And they're going to be a f- effing pain in the ass to deal with for years to come. Um, and it sucks. And that's my rant for the night. So go spend time with wifey. Go spend time with wifey. And so we don't end up like Wally Zerbiak having to apologize years from now. We sports hate him. We respect his ability. I also agree. Next to DJ McConnell, I, there's some punchable faces on that team. I I'm, I said the guy was a top 10 player and better than Jalen Brunson at the top of the show. Don't root me in with Wally. Also, MSG, you couldn't get a fucking homeless guy off the street to call the game instead of Wally Zerbiak? 
Jesus Christ, anyone, anyone but him. It's fun coincidence to put him on the 2020 game. Jesus. <laughs> Get someone from the fucking stands to call the game. Put Wally's tie on him if you want. Holy Lord. I think Benji was free tonight. Great. RJ could have called the game. He's not doing anything. Well, we don't know what the flights were like from Orlando to Toronto. He might have actually been traveling. So, Anyway. Anyway. All the respect of the world for Halliburton. I hate him. <sighs> Sam L. Always felt like there were two factions within the next locker room. Well, that's... Has that been reported outright? Either way, it's true. Uh, the young guys, I'm not sure if what you're saying is about to be true, but I definitely think there were factions within the next locker room. The young guys, RJ, Obi, Quick, Grimes, Cam, and the vets, Randall, Bullock, Burks, Peyton, et cetera. This trade represents the end of that era. Um, definitely factions. Definitely a clicky locker room. Could say that with confidence. Um, definitely think CAA had something to do with it. Um, notice one thing we haven't spent any time on today because it's just seen as a fait accompli. OGN and OB resigning with the team this summer. And why don't we worry about that? Say it, you know. Um, but uh, I'm 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 the crazy one for for how dare I how how dare how dare I bring up that agency uh could have anything to do with what, what happens behind the scenes. Um yeah, I think that's fair. I, I don't I, you know I'm interested to see I'm interested to see what happens with Grimes. I'll just leave it at that. I'm interested to see what happens with Grimes because I I don't know if Grimes is in the clique that you're talking about. And, you know, that's it. Thanks, Sam. Uh, JTM, any chance the Raptors are looking at today's trade more as OG for IQ with RJ's matching salary as opposed to OG for RJ? Uh, read, read any literally any basketball person's analysis of the train. Um, everybody. Everybody is... It makes it very clear this is about IQ. And RJ, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. You know, it's like... I don't know. I, need, I may need to bring Andrew up for this because I don't want to I don't want to go astray with this analogy, but like... To me, this is where a, a team where two teams trade two stud prospects for each other, maybe that play different positions. Maybe one's a little bit closer to the majors than the other. Um, not a perfect analogy. Cause obviously both of these guys are very good NBA contributors. And then one team throws in like a number four starter. Who's like a solid innings eater. And he's going to pitch, you know, he's going to pitch 180 innings. He's probably going to pitch to like a 4.7 ERA and might he be a big part of your team? Absolutely. Could he pitch a little bit above his head? Absolutely. That's to me what this is. That that made more sense. Like when the I'm trying to think of a trade that isn't is a good example. Um, but it would legitimately be like if so, okay, you know what? When the the Mets traded uh Jared Kellenick, Jay Bruce, Anthony Sporzak, and two prospects the Mariners for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano that was looked at. I know that went completely over John. So I know Robert Cano is Robinson Cano is. You also know who Edwin Diaz is. 
They're was closing. he the closer that jumped up and down and got his Achilles torn or something? Yes, who has the fire entrance music that we played at my wedding. When I know that. Came I know in. that. Yes, that's what you should think about the positive of Edward Diaz. He was the best closer in baseball <laughs> two years ago, not the injury that sidelined him for all of last year. Point being, the Mets, the prize in that deal was Edwin Diaz. So what they took back in order to make it work was Robinson Cano and the four years, a couple hundred million dollars still remaining on his contract. So the Mets were hopeful, like he's 36, maybe he's still got nothing left. The prize for this deal is Edwin Diaz, the best closer in baseball with three years of control, which is why they forfeited what they forfeited. That was not the Robinson Cano trade. That was the Kalanick Diaz trade. At least that's how a lot of Mets fans know. And all that being said, I called it a loss earlier today. I'll call it a loss now again. I don't think RJ sa- RJ was matching salary in this deal. I think part of the part of the calculus uh, for the Raptors is that they're betting that there's still something there with him. Um, so bad job by me. I'll push back on you. Put you calling yourself or you saying you took the L. Um, the Knicks didn't give up a first round pick in this deal. So. Oh no, you yeah, are but, right. Yeah, 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 I see yeah, what you're saying. That's all the more. That's all the more reason why. If no, I push back again, on my pushback of your. There you calling go. Yourself now. Never mind. If, you. You if are. If RJ was. Yeah, exactly. If RJ was. <laughs> if RJ was truly matching salary, I find it hard to believe that this trade doesn't happen without a, a, at least one first round pick attached. I agree. All right. Uh, Jocelyn focus surprise. Actually, didn't take the JB over on free throws made today. Real quick, shout out to Josso Focus. I saw your comment. He swapped out the Jalen Brunson over 28 and a half points on betting and sweating, or 29 and a half points on betting and sweating, and subbed in a free throw prop, and he ended up hitting. So oh. shout out to Josso Focus, who matched our betting and sweating picks, except that Jalen Brunson one. So congrats to you, and shout out to Prize Picks. Good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Busy. <laughs> Hey, second shipment of AG1 came today. Try with pineapple juice. Shout out to you, man. I'm so happy that you're trying it. That makes me genuinely happy because uh, I love the stuff. I know Andrew loves the stuff. Um, and I hope you're feeling better. Makes me feel better. You know, um, go, go, go give a testimonial. Put it on their like site or something so other people could know that you're enjoying it. That's really cool, man. Absolutely. Four more. Uh, uh, Juanon, I'd like to throw a name. You know, I, I see the name, and I, I'm not going to lie. It crossed my mind today. I, I don't think I'm going to agree with you, but let's let's keep going with the comment. I'd like to throw a name out there that fills the same needs Jante does as Soup, as Mr. Cohen brilliantly pointed out earlier. Malcolm Brogdon. So a couple things. Um, I have no idea. Nobody has any idea at this point that I know of because it hasn't been reported. What the Brogdon injury situation is that quashed the original deal sending him to uh, the Clippers. It was a different situation with Portland because for Portland, it was about, I think, more of the other stuff that they were getting in that trade. It was not the case for the Clippers. So um, Brogdon's a little bit on the older side. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, All that being said, it's I, I, it's not nuts. I like Brogdon as a player. Brogdon does a lot of nice things. He can... He won't cost you as much. I know that. He won't cost you as much. 
I don't I I don't see this front office doing that deal. I don't see them making a play for a guy who at this stage of his career to me strikes me as like a final piece on a contender that has all of their core pieces already in place. I think they're going to do something that's a little bit more aggressive than that. That's my gut feeling. Don't think it's nuts. I love Brogdon and like Brogdon's awesome. Like if if you don't know how good Brogdon is, just like go, go watch Portland this year. Go look at, uh, at Portland's on off numbers um, with him. Go look at games he's played in versus games. He hasn't played it. It's like night and day. Um, He's really good. He's still really good. And he's kind of become underrated to your point. I think I I don't think they're going to go that direction, but it's interesting to me. Uh, Jostle focused with another one per closeouts. Randall is the worst closer outer on the team and plays the most minutes. Very true. No disagreement. This defense might not be sustainable with him, which has been my concern. I think that's a great point. I think, I think as big a concern as his ability to be mentally above mentally and emotionally above board in big playoff games is his ability to stay on the floor, not stay on the floor defensively, but like we have yet to see a team win an NBA championship. I don't correct. Andrew, maybe could think this through. I off the top of my head, I don't think there's anybody we've yet to see a team win an NBA championship with two major tent pole pieces, guys that are on the floor for 35 plus minutes a night who can both be targeted by opposing offenses. We know Jalen Brunson can be targeted and we know they are always going to try to hide Jalen Brunson. So the fact that Randall maybe falls into that same category would behoove Jeremy Cohen's theory from earlier today uh, that he, when he said he's always seen Randall as DeMar DeRozan in terms of, his role in an eventual Nick championship, which is the final piece that goes out to bring in the final piece. Um, I don't think it's nuts. We'll see, you know, we'll see. Joseph Brennan on a scale of one to he's standing in a pool of saliva. How much is Tibbs celebrating over OG and Hart closing lineup? That's a great question. Um, for one, I don't think they make this deal unless Tibbs is all for it. Um, I think Tibbs was actually very honest in his assessment of the deal earlier today. Like he he said all the things that we've been saying when they asked him about the trade and, and Anobi. Um, I think he's I think he's really happy about it. I I don't I still look Tibbs for all the shit that we give him. I, I'll include me, even though I never give him shit. For all the shit that he gets for being about all sorts of minutia, if you listen to Tibbs over the course of his entire career when he's talked in front of a microphone, the one thing he values above everything is star players. He values stars first, everything else second. Like most coaches, his feeling is get me a star and I'll figure like a real star or multiple real stars and I'll figure out the rest later. Tim believes he has one 
real star in Jalen Brunson. So today they got Adenobi. Adenobi, I don't think Tibbs views in that light, nor nor should he, obviously. Um. So from that perspective, I, you know, I, I'm sure he's excited. I don't know that he's like over the moon. Um, but it does bring you know some interesting some interesting possibilities. I mean, that's a that's that's a that's a great that's their best defense. I mean, they're. We could now we get get to start getting stuff about like what are what truly are their best lineups, you know? And like at the end of games, like I don't think he's going to sit Randall at the end of games, but like this for the first time, the door is kind of open to that. You know, he didn't sit Randall at the end of games because he's like I don't trust Obi defensively. That was the biggest reason he didn't sit Randall at the end of games. Um. And at a certain point in time, he needed his offense. Now, the offense goes through Jalen Brunson at the end of games. We know that. And he has a real dude who could play the four well enough. Now, I think Randall's physicality and effectiveness on the boards is still a big factor. And I have a feeling that, as much as his offensive game, will keep him in the closing lineup. I'd be very surprised, to be very clear, that if he, if he closed games without Randall on the floor. But, like the door is at least open to that, you know, you know, to like a closing lineup of, or just a lineup at any point during the game of Brunson, DiVincenzo, Hart, and Ananobi, and Harnstein. Harnstein. How about that? That's exciting. Lots of exciting things. Thanks, Joseph. Kevin Danishevsky. John, why do you keep saying three stint role for the RJ role? Wouldn't you presume that if Randall moves into that role, he'd just play the whole second quarter? That's a great fucking call, Kev. That's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. But then <clears throat> but then you're playing him 12 minutes straight, and Randall... The problem there... No. No, that's... Sure. He could do it. He could do it. I mean, you risk him running out of, the ga- out of gas at the end of the second and fourth quarter. But I'm just thinking about like, well, you know, the offense, you know, you could, I don't, the end of the second quarter doesn't matter as much. You could always maybe pull him at the end if he's really tired. But the end of the fourth quarter moves through Brunson anyway. So it's not nuts, Kev. It's not nuts at all. It's an option for sure. It's an option. Good job by you. Is that it? No, we got to know. Mythic Monty, how would you structure a Murray trade? I think, I think Jeremy nailed it. Um, Today, I think Grimes going out is a natural piece. It's it's actually the only piece that makes any sense. Uh, Grimes and Fournier's contract for Murray. Um, And it comes down to the draft compensation. I don't think for one second the Knicks are going to trade for Murray and jeopardize their ability to put together a pick-heavy trade package. So if you're thinking... You know, uh, Grimes, Fournier, and you know a, a 2028, you know, t- top ten protected first or something. The the problem here's the problem. It doesn't. Stepien works in a way. First of all, it's like it's not that you, like you can't trade back to back years. So. If 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 they trade a twenty eight or a twenty nine or a thirty right first round pick, um, 
that means as long as that pick is dangling out there, they can't trade the year before it or they can't trade the year after it. So it completely torpedoes to shit your ability to put put together a big time trade package where it's like the packages that get you, you know, your Durants and your your um and your your Donovan Mitchell, like the all the whole kit and caboodle. So then the option is like, well, but not only that, not only that, but the, if you protect the pick, so let's say a 2027 or 28 or 29 top 10 protected pick. Well, then if it's protected, then there's a possibility that it doesn't convey that year, which then means you have to kick it to the next year as a possibility, which then means you're even further barred by stepping in from putting together a bigger package where you're including all the picks. And the more protections you add, the more years out that your protections go, let's say it's t- something's top 10 protected for three or four years, well, then you've completely fucked yourself because then you can't put together any sort of a trade package involving future picks. Um, now, the flip side of the coin that you could do, that you could do is what the Celtics did, which was a very smart little bit of business to get Derek White. What the Celtics did to get Derek White was they gave San Antonio... I believe it was a top one protected pick swap. So why is that important? A pick swap, I believe their pick swap is in 2028. You could still trade first round picks the year before pick swap and the year after pick swap if the pick swap is fully protected, which that's how pick swaps work. So they could do that. I would rather they didn't. That's a possibility to throw in there, Um, you know, because then you you get the benefit as the team acquiring the pick swap. Like, hey, like, you know what? Is it going to come to fruition? Probably not. But if it does, oh, boy. You know, I think pick swaps are vastly underrated um, by the general NBA consensus. I think pick swaps have shown themselves to be incredibly valuable. Um, in some some of the most important picks that have changed hands over the last like 10, 15 years. So they could do that. Um, I hope they don't. But I think Grimes, Fournier, two to three firsts, depending on, you know, I, I pitched um, giving them the lesser of the Mavs pick and their own pick from this year. Jeremy thought that was too much. It also would give the Hawks a bunch of picks to deal with. So, you know, um, he's probably right on that. Um, you could also offer, um, I'm trying to, I mean, yeah, that's basically it. That's basically it. I, I would think that would get it though. Sam L. What's up, Sam? Um, a point you raised earlier that bears repeating IQ wasn't the only one getting too few minutes. Excited to see DiVincenzo and Grimes play without the minutes crunch. Yeah. It affected everybody. And, um, like what's the, what's the, <laughs> Uh, the the Thanos line, right? Um, you know what? It, what did it cost? Everything. Well, we opened up minutes, but in order to open up minutes, we had to trade away the guy that was that was you know most egregiously um, impacted by the minutes crunch. But listen, sometimes that's the way it works out. Um, all things considered, though, you know, I I, I think any. Anybody looking at this trade focusing in only on one aspect of the trade or only on one player in the trade, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. That's just my my two cents. I think any trade of this nature 
you have to look at holistically and with all of the ramifications, not only that are immediately apparent when the trade is made, but the offshoots of all of the possibilities that are raised on both sides, good and bad. And then you could begin to judge a trade. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just one of the things that has to be considered. Kevin Danishevsky with another one. Kyrie and Kevin Love could be targeted. Um, also, they already played Randall 12, minute, 12 straight minutes in the first quarter. Feels like it wouldn't make much difference. That's fair. Yeah, it's fair. In terms of Love and Kyrie, Kyrie's a better defender. I can't believe I'm saying this about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's a better defender than he gets credited for. Um, like, yeah, sure, you could target him a bit. And that was probably a good matchup for them in the warrior in the in the finals against the warriors <clears throat> also like you know kevin love i mean sure he got credited a lot of times in those finals over those years but when it came time to make the biggest defensive stand in his career guess who showed up i wonder i wonder if julius randall might find himself in a, a similar situation someday that would be pretty cool um at the end of the day though like if they do keep these two guys like Bronson needs to continue to get better on defense and Randall just needs to try more consistently. And, and you know what my hope is, and this talk about naive pie in the sky shit. My hope is that maybe as this, as the team continues to add talent and they added talent today, man. One of the things I find most baffling about the takes today, I'm sorry, is like people just kind of dismissing OG Ananobi and what he is and what he could be. I, I, I don't know about that, but whatever. Um, they added talent today. I wonder as the team continues to add more talent, will Randall maybe tap into ever so slightly the defensive side of the ball? We'll see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What do you think happens with the with Grimes' minutes? Like, do you do you think he stops being an eleven minute player? Well, let's just do the math. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Hart is going to continue to be the first sub in because in order to make the Anano- in order to make Ananobi your new backup power forward, uh, Hart is going to come in for whichever of Randall or Ananobi sits first, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so Hart's your first Hart's your first sub off the bench. G. Vincenzo is a starter. Agreed. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking this through. Um, quickly had been coming in for DiVincenzo. Yes. That will now be Grimes. Yes. So. And Grimes will stay on the floor. And then um, the more I talk, the more I talk this through, the more I find it hard to imagine that Brunson is, I, I think Brunson is going to play a lot more whole first quarters. Well, well, we'll see what the what new rotation looks like. And, um, in any case, Grimes will come in for DiVincenzo and play 10, 11, a, a 10, 11 minutes. Thin. 
Good thought exercise. Mostly asked it because we were stalling to add Jeremy to the stage because we have hey. something to do. Uh, as Jeremy Cohen joins us. Hi, Jeremy. Long time no see. Yeah, long time no see indeed. It, it has been what a whopping six hours, maybe. No, it was four hours. You and me, six hours, maybe six six and change for John. Um, yeah. It's probably the length of a basketball game because I went from our live stream to uh, have a quick dinner with the wife, and then uh, I spent the game tonight editing a five part podcast, which is available for all of you if you haven't checked it out yet on the KFS podcast feed. The reason I bring Jeremy on because uh, a it's just fitting to have everybody on the show to wrap up twenty twenty three, and also. Uh, we wrap up 2023 as well by uh, this week, I should say, with predictions. We need to make our predictions for the upcoming week. Oh, uh, shit. Unfortunately, John, you lose. You were one in three this week uh, as John sports uh, a giant bird uh, at the screen. Unfortunately, the the other bird is no longer available because he's headed north to Toronto. Um, right in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> shout out to the fine folks over at Prize Picks one more time. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. The slate this week that Jeremy and John will be predicting is as soon as it shows up on the screen. I'm Yo. looking at it. Why is it not? That's the wrong one. On the screen. Was we it already that week? If you want, we could can try I, it again. Yeah. You could maybe win that one. You guys saw something on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all the way up. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, we keep seeing the same week. Did I beat John? Okay. Why? I, I thought that was it. the week. Showing it. I gotta be honest. Nothing's showing up on my screen, so Please. I'm confused. <laughs> Please let me pick that one. Here we go. That's there we go. Really I like the other one better. better. Just gonna be honest. No. Jesus. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll say the games. Jeremy can pick first. Uh, fuck one, yeah. um, the, the Knicks play the Timberwolves at home on uh, New Year's Day at three o'clock start for whatever that's worth. Uh, they should have all the players from the trade. Um, then two days later, they play Chicago. Chicago Bulls at home. It's a eight thirty uh, p.m. start on uh, ABC on Wednesday night. Why is that a Wednesday night game on ABC? What I don't. I don't understand that. Um, <clears throat> Friday night, they go to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That's an ESPN game. And then back-to-back, uh, Washington Wizards, who have been uh, feisty of late, for what it's worth. Um, they yeah. That is in Washington. <laughs> They've been feisty. I've watched some of their games. They've the been five and 25 Wizards are not feisty. Hey, that's a feisty. Pistons, five- <laughs> Pistons have been a little feisty the last week and a half. They only yeah, saw yeah. the victory today, but uh, I expect there to be chaos in Washington on January 6th. Okay. <laughs> it's when the Knicks go play the Wizards. I, exactly. Yeah. I expect there to be uh I'm not even gonna continue the joke. John, what's your prediction? Oh Stop. no, excuse me, no, Jeremy, I what the hell? <laughs> I stopped. I stopped myself. I know. Sorry. Uh I'm gonna go with two and two. The Bulls, I mean talking about face the Bulls without Zach Levine have been a, a Quality very team, very uh, or at least better than where they were for sure. So I'm going to go two and two. Uh, I feel like there's an upshot though that they could do better than that. But as things stand, getting a new team together, you just had the largest trade this anyone on this team has seen, uh, really. So uh, I think it might take a little tiny, tiny bit of time to gel after this week. So I'll go with two and two. I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm either going to. 
I don't know if this, this doesn't make any sense. I was going to say, I'm either going to need to have my cake or eat it too. What the fuck does that even mean? Uh, I'll go one and three. So either I'm going to win the week or uh, they're, I'm going to lose and they'll have won at least two games, in which case you'd win. And if they go three and one, then hats off. Thrilled to be wrong. Having your cake and eating it too would have been predicting three and one because then you would have made the prediction. And then if you got it, the Knicks would have won. Mm -hmm. This is you choosing between having cake or eating it. Exactly. And I would rather get at least one of the things. It's kind of a silly expression when you think about it, right? It's the stupidest expression. If you're eating the cake, then you have the cake. And you have the cake. It's not going anywhere except your stomach. (laughs) Can't eat if you don't have it. You can't eat it if you don't have it. I, um, uh, Jeremy, I, I'll congratulate. I I tweeted at you, but I'll congratulate you now that you're here uh, on predicting. I think to the number uh, the McBride extension. So good job, I, thank you. Yeah, Mensa told me I was looking through spreadsheets or whatever to see if I did it. I don't know. Even still, I think it's uh, it's a smart signing. It's a good signing. Uh, you can work backwards on the math, and uh, I'm sure that having Deuce McBride's math in there next year. Uh, is not for nothing. I think there's there's a major reason. So, yeah. But thank you. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Cohen special, a Brock Aller special. Um, thank you, Jeremy Cohen, for having back on here. Um, Andrew Claudio, absolute yeoman's work today. Uh, in all respects, uh, thank you. I, I blacked out when someone mentioned cake. <laughs> I've eaten. You know what I've eaten? Can I say it real quick? I've eaten, you know what I've eaten today. Mm-hmm. I I think I had. Did I eat? Bro- no, I don't. Eat, I think I had a bowl. I had a bowl of oatmeal in the morning. I walked in from the SNY studios. I had four bites of my daughter's leftover mac and cheese that had been sitting out for probably an hour. Um, I uh, I had a handful of nuts in the car on the drive over to my in laws. <laughs> Just a handful. I can't fit more than a handful in my mouth, so um, you know how that goes. And then um, I had a few bites of chicken during dinner. Uh, and that's it. So I might go downstairs and raid my in-laws fridge and see what's down there. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. Have your cake <laughs> and eat it too, buddy. <laughs> Have you, I, again, there's, there's their cake. Now I want cake. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Uh, thank, yes, thank you thank you everybody happy new year um it's been a good year here at kfs we appreciate all the support we love all of you we are beyond thankful that we get to continue to do this for for uh such a supportive group of fans a lot of big exciting stuff coming in the new year so stay tuned for that and uh yeah you know like the video the whole thing and uh subscribe rate review all that good stuff too we will see you <laughs> barring anything crazy in no, 20. no, we will see you next year. That's what nothing yeah. happens tomorrow. If they trade for him beat tomorrow, see you in 2024. Good night, everybody. See you next year. 